News, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Here I am, baby. Rock me like a hurricane. Ben, I was referring to something that you have attached to you and, and the way that we get through college. What up, baby? <laughs> um, shout out, Janice. <laughs> um, I think like three people are going to get that reference, but those three people will enjoy it. Um, I thought you were saying hurricane meaning the rain you guys were getting. Dude, it, it was today. it was bad today. Like I'm not exaggerating. Like wind, rain, trees down everywhere. Like the the town looked like a war zone today. So yeah, yeah, they uh, predicted too. So today is Monday the 18th, and National Grid put out a thing. So like up by me, uh, like the communities close to us, people that have lost power, they're initial guesstimate of turn back on is the 21st at noontime. Holy shit. Just because there's trees down everywhere and they said they're not touching anything until this whole thing passes uh, just to make sure that their workers are safe, which I, you know, I, I respect that 100%. Like, don't go digging through electrical lines and trees. Like, just, just wait when it out. It'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, you know, just stay away. Alright. And uh, I was going to say, you sound magnificent. I... So appreciate Redder hooking you up. No, say new new headset. I'm feeling like a new man here. <laughs> um, well, let's get started. So since we last spoke, uh, we were talking about I think the two most surprising slow starts to the season. Obviously, besides uh, Edmonton, we both weren't really that high in Minnesota. So the fact that they started off the way they did wasn't surprising. I think we were surprised that they fired Dino. Mm-hmm. Um, but New Jersey and Pittsburgh, and we'll get into the Penguins in a little bit here, but, uh, you have the Senators who fired DJ Smith today after a horrendous start to their season. And again, what are the expectations for them? Because like, do you have, obviously have young talent. Brady's, I think, taking a leap now from, he was always like a good player, um, in a league, but now I think he's starting to earn a reputation as like a guy who's going to put his team on his back. Yep. Um, but defensively, or the guys on defense, eh, solid. They got a so- real good top two when healthy. The rest of the guys, you know, you see what you get. Sanderson has taken off this year. Um, and then a goal was a question. Like, obviously, you can't run it back with DJ Smith with – 11 wins in the first 26 games. But I also think he was the victim of being in a Canadian market with a lot of height where, you know, prospect development isn't linear and some guys are going to bounce, bounce up. Some guys are going to start off. Well, take two years, a step back for a year or two. Then. So I think there are a lot of expectations before last season that they obviously didn't live up to. And now this year just kind of felt like, you better win or else, and which is a weird spot to be in for a team as young as the Senators are. So originally, at least beginning of the year, when he first comes in, uh, they asked if they thought it was a coaching thing, and DJ Smith said, no, it's something going on in the locker room. We need to be better. Uh, it's something going on in the locker room. The guys need to figure it out. And it yeah. seemed like the team at that point – was at least receptive and kind of agreed with what had happened. But now it's just been awful. And it's crazy because I don't think DJ Smith's a bad coach. Like like he last year and the year before, I would say he definitely surpassed expectations as to what people thought the senators were. 
Now, obviously, like you said, this year there were different expectations, not even close to meeting them. Um, I mean, they're dead last in a conference. Dead last. Granted, I, I will give them this. I mean, there's some teams in the conference that have played 32 games. They've only played 26. So yeah. if they win a couple of games, they go right past Buffalo. Yeah, and Montreal. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> I don't think it's too far off. I, I do think that bringing in Jacques Martin, at least from previous times when Jacques Martin has done this, he steps in, puts his system in play, and then the teams that he's always done it with midseason, I'm not saying from the beginning of the year, they always turn around, they become very hard to compete against, they play that hard neutral zone game, and then it's like, oh, they just needed a little coach and fine, fine tweaking, you know? Yeah, and it'll make me laugh every time. But um, I agree with your take about Brady the whole way. I mean, at, at this point now, if you are in the locker room and you're not willing to play, I think Brady just sends you out. I mean, yeah. this kid, great tilt the other night in St. Louis in his home return. Like, the kid brings it every night. And what about the uh, go with Tuck? Dude, I love it. Like, the kid... <laughs> Like the kid can play. I actually got, I'll, I'll send you a picture. I got my Brady Kachuk t shirt in the other day. Um, I, I'm, like I said last week when we talked, I'm starting to get the thing that I know he signed that big ticket there. I think he's too good for Ottawa. I think he's too good to stay there. Uh, well, I mean, it also gets to the point where it's a double edged sword with a guy like him, where he's so competitive and he puts so much of himself out there that if there's no movement as an organization, he starts doing the whole, the fuck am I doing here? Mm -hmm. So that's not to go off topic here, but that's where the jets, the New York jets are going to find themselves with like Garrett Wilson, who's fucking pouring his heart and soul out there and they can't do shit. And he's going to be like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so Jacques Martin comes in. What is this, like his 18th stint as the Senators coach? <laughs> I don't even know, yeah. <laughs> um, the one thing I don't like, what you brought up, is DJ Smith. The guy's got to figure it out. Like, you're the fucking coach, dude. You're supposed to get in there and figure it out with the guys. Like, that to me just spelled, especially for a young team, oh, the guys can manage the room. No, they can't. Otherwise, why are you here? Or I think the opposite, that maybe he was too much of a player's coach that he didn't want to call the guys out. And he thought internally they would do it. But then you're just kind of treading water because, hey, I mean, shit, Ben, you got to pick it up. But I'm not going to tell you that. I'm hoping the guy next to you does. Yeah, that's not leadership to me. Sometimes you got to own the room. Yeah, and Jacques is not going to have any issue being like, Brady, not good tonight. (laughs) French as fuck. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, So that happened today, which, as always, much appreciated when trades or firings are made the day we record. Um, And then the other one, which happened last week, uh, the Blues let go of Craig Berube. And, again, St. Louis is stuck in that limbo. They still have some guys on their team that were around during their contender years. You know, you Braden Shen, who's the captain now. You have Kairou, Pareko when he is alive, uh, Bennington in goal. But they're kind of in that purgatory of they haven't blown it up yet, but they ha- also haven't gone all in to try and keep that window open. And I think this is the start of that rebuild. I think Baruby, he's a good coach. I like him a lot. Um, I think this is just a, hey, Craig, listen, we're going in a different direction. We love you, man. But uh, you don't want to be around for this, and we don't want to pay you to be around for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will say I like at least where they came with their next interim head coach from their American Hockey League team, promoted straight up. wasn't a uh, throw at the dartboard of, oh, we had McDavid's junior coach come. So uh, I at least like process-wise as to what they're doing, keeping everything in house moving forward. I agree with that. I I think chief's a good coach. Like there's no question about that. He's going to get a job for next year. Yeah. And it's like, I I think, I mean, obviously we'll touch on it, but I mean, like if Sully gets fired in Pittsburgh, that's another guy that'll have a job next year. 
and quick. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I was going to say, it might not even be next year. I, I could see other teams firing their coach to get Sully. So, Isn't that what uh, happened with DeBoer? Yeah. He got fired midseason, and like two weeks later, he's coaching against the team he was just fired from. Yeah, yeah, they fired him. <laughs> they fired him in San Jose, and then he was working in Vegas shortly thereafter. Yeah. So, I mean, last offseason it was pretty slim pickings for head coaching candidates, obviously, uh, which took like a team like the Rangers so long to make the decision. Uh, but you're going to have, say what you will, but Gallant, you get two years out of him, and you see what you can do in those two years. You, you're going to have Baruby now. I think Baruby ends up uh, – I think he goes to the Islanders. Interesting. I, okay. I think they fire Lambert. I've heard enough from Islander fans that, like, they're starting to chant at, uh, at UBS, like, all game, fire Lambert. Even I mean, they started off solid this year. I, I, they're still third in the division. Like I think the, it's the eye test. I think that's what it is. I think the, I think if you watch them every single game, you realize like it's kind of all smoke and mirrors right now. Um, well, the problem is too. They knew exactly what they were hiring in Lambert. I mean, he was a direct clone of Barry Trotz. Like you yeah. knew what you were getting with Trotzy too. But in fairness to Lambert, I mean. They didn't make that lineup like any better for him either. Like this team's has stayed the past three seasons basically the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I don't know if they would have the balls to do it, but I think Lou's past his expiration date, man. Uh, I, and now I honestly wonder too, because if you look at all the organizations Lou has been in the, from you know start to finish, um. They have the same players in all these organizations, whether it's actual roster, the management team, all that. So say if they actually did do that to Lou and the Lou regime now leaves the Islanders, I mean, does that make it better or worse? I don't know. I mean, you got it. It's just stale. Oh, no, I agree it's stale. But I'm just saying for the way it's been, I mean, the way Jersey was ran forever and then Toronto was ran that way. And then he was leaving Toronto or given the reins to do this. And then he ended up being, you know, with the Islanders shortly thereafter. But I mean, it's Chris Lamorello. It, it, it's the same yeah. guys that are always in that management team that go from, you know, team to team to team with him that it's yeah. just, I, I don't know if it's just one that makes the difference or if it's a numerous change here. You know who they should hire as a GM? Oh, boy. Lay it on me, baby. Mike Milbury. <laughs> Bring him back. I heard he does good in there. <laughs> uh, if Keith if Keith Jones can get a front office job, anybody can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this dialer talk brings me to – Mike Sullivan in Pittsburgh. And we talked about this in our first episode after the season started. And then we really talked about it last time. And we're like, listen, let's give him 25, 30 games, see everything starts shaking out. And like I said, besides the Oilers, the two teams that stood out were the Penguins and the Devils. And I know the Devils are sixth in their division, but they've won seven of the last 10. Uh, they still have shit goaltending. Like, my God, it's atrocious. Uh, Dougie Hamilton's out long-term, but Jack Hughes has come back. Uh, I think they seem to be riding the ship. And to be honest, they're only two wins out of second place. So I think the Devils have found kind of their groove here. They're going to have to make a trade for Gibson, dude. Like, if they want to have any chance at winning this year, like everybody anticipated, they can't fuck around like Carolina has done, which is screwing them this year with their goaltending. Oh, we'll just run it back with Freddie Anderson and Ranta. Now Ranta's in the AHL. Freddie Anderson, no fault of his own, has the blood clot, clot thing. And I think they're like 29th in a league in every defensive metric. So fuck around and find out. That's what Carolina's doing with their goaltending. And the Devils shouldn't follow their path. But the Penguins haven't found shit. They are 13-16 and 16 on the year. 
Um, I think they've won five of the last 12. They're playing tonight against Minnesota. It was scoreless in the first period. I don't know if you saw this. And the fans in Pittsburgh were chanting, we want Flurry." Ha! I did not see that, but that's funny. Yeah, so they were chanting that before Jari even gave anything up. But they're just not finding their groove. And I think with the expectations that they had after the Carlson deal, which we... I don't know. I think I was more strongly against it than you. You weren't totally on board. You were like, for that cost, you have to. Um, But their window is closing with Crosby and Malcolm and Latang. They didn't do anything with their goaltending, which is a Dubas specialty. You just ignore the goaltending and hope you just score eight goals a night. Um, And now they're struggling. So for me, how long do you wait? And, and again, Sullivan's a great coach. It's not necessarily indicative of like this guy can't cut it. But how long do you wait before you make it shake up for a veteran team like this? I don't know. That's I, I guess that's the million dollar question, right? Like, I I didn't like some of their moves anyway, so yeah. we'll get past that. But Dubis is notorious for not firing coaches yeah kind of lets them stay lets them stay lets them stay i do believe that he is scared if he fires sullivan there's no one better to bring in because sully i'm not saying he's a complete players coach but i think people know where they stand with him which more than anything is probably more important to guys who are you going to bring in here, Gallant, and just be everyone's friend on this team and a team that needs a kick in the ass? That That's not a good fit. Like, just going down the list here. Who, Bruce Boudreaux? Bring back Bruce. Like, I just <laughs> I, I just don't know as to... Dan Balisma. What the... Yeah, bring back... Uh, <laughs> I just... I don't know what the uh, fix is here. And the issue is their offense. Yeah. Like, I think their power play is 17th in the league. And they have Carlson, Latang, Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, Rupp. Like, I don't, I don't know what the issue is. It's kind of like a vibe thing where it's like the thing we're supposed to be good at, we're not good at, and we're all we all. It's veterans. It's not like a team that was coming out of rebuild, not meeting expectations. It's kind of like a, like, you can't put your finger on it. Something's just like not right in Pittsburgh, and. If you don't want to fire Sullivan, then you got to have a meeting as the GM and say with the players, you guys got five games to either save. Because I know Crosby and Malkin and Let- well, maybe not Malkin, but Crosby and Latang love Sullivan, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they, they would go to bat for him. But at a certain point, you have to look at him and go, guys, it's, you guys just aren't cutting it. So we got to do something here. So either. I fire Sullivan or I trade away one of the core guys here to shake it up and bring some some fresh blood in. But yet again, another Dubas trait does not want to pull the trigger on trades. Well, the only you know, time he ever a... used to do it was at the deadline, and it was only because they would activate an LTIR up in Toronto to magically get somebody <laughs> in there. Like, scared to pull the trigger. I love Glenn Saylor's old motto essentially was I'd rather lose like a lion than win like a sheep. Yeah, I, I agree. So maybe they should uh they sh- should have brought in a boy Yarko from Columbus. He would be he would be trading Crosby right now. <laughs> uh, it's sometimes uh everyone's on the table at times. And I actually heard through the gape grapevine people had heard from Yarmo and basically he said if anyone is interested with any part of this team Oh yeah. Reach out. Reach out. Yep. No one so is he, safe. Here's my prediction. So I'm gonna pull it up. I looked at it earlier. I'm just trying to get the the right date again here. So the Pen- Penguins are playing Minnesota tonight, uh, at home. Uh they're winning three two. To finish out the year, they're playing Carolina, Ottawa, the Islanders, St. Louis, and the Islanders. That is, you should win every single game through the end of the month. Mm-hmm. 
I think, so what's that? Not including tonight, but one, two, three. That's five games. If they don't win four out of the five, I fire Sullivan. If I'm Dubas. It's like, all right, you guys. Yeah, guys, obviously you don't like playing for him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like I said, I I just think he's worried about what is out there that's better. And don't get me wrong. I I know coaches at times this, they lose the room. They take the toll. Like this I just this isn't good enough though. Like so you don't know if something better is out there. But you know this isn't good enough to win. Hey, you want to spark a fire on their ass? Trade somebody. Grow a pair. Trade them. Trade Carlson. <laughs> yep. So I I mean yeah. So I think now that DJ Smith is gone. I honestly think that Sully's you know, the next one to go. You know what? Jim Rutherford, he might not be in Pittsburgh anywhere. He would have fucking traded somebody. Oh, yeah. Yep. Or Berkey. <laughs> yeah, legit. I mean, it's like, obviously, I understand it's a different type of regime and people that are in certain places, but some of the other guys, that was just the way it was. Hey, if it's not working, we're not going to make believe. We're, we're going to yeah. start moving things around. Yeah. So... I mean, for the most part, I think Sullivan is the only question mark throughout the rest of this year. I think, for the most part, every other team is going to keep their coach uh, through the until the off season. Um, there was even an article today briefly mentioning like, is the hot seat there for Cooper? I don't think so. I I watched them. Did, did you guys play them last week down there? No, we play them uh, New Year's Eve, I think, or the thirtieth. I watched them. Pl- oh, I po- I'm sorry. It was um, Tampa versus Dallas last week. That that's who I gotcha. watched. And a good game on ESPN. But it was like just kind of watching Tampa. Definitely older. Yeah. Beat up a little bit. So maybe yep. some guys have lost a step. And I think other teams have kind of dialed in a little bit on. Kucherov himself like you know yeah. you can kind of let some of the other guys float a little bit but we're gonna tighten it up on Cooch and and yeah. I think it's been a different a, a tougher look for them yeah I I don't think it has anything to do on Coop uh it like you just said we were talking about this before the year that's a lot of mileage a lot of wear and tear and then you had Vasilevsky out until like two weeks ago um so if Cooper gets fired and even in the offseason, like, this ridiculous. The but that's not the ownership this. group. No, uh, Winnick down there uh, does a very good job. And yeah. I'll give it to him. He keeps a very tight leash on everything down there. I I heard a story about him. I, I won't put it out. I'll tell you after. Okay. But um, <laughs> just a guy who's kind of dialed in in very, um, I, I guess you could say, ritualistic, kind of just like the players as well. Didn't he party with the players after they won a cup? Yes. Yeah. Down in Tampa. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then the other quick question that I had for you when it comes to all this stuff is, so Edmonton, they let go of Woodcroft. They bring in Knobloch. They, I think they won like seven in a row Yeah. after Knobloch took over. Now they're eight and two in their last ten. They, even with that seven-game winning streak, they are still 11 points out of the division bracket. Yes. Like, that's how big of a hole they dug. And it's like, there's no shot that they make the bracket. So now they're going to be competing with Calgary, which, I mean, I I guess they're just in fourth because everybody else has sucked to start the year. We have Calgary, Seattle, uh, Nashville, Arizona, potentially Dallas, uh, all in there that you're competing for a spot against. And it's like, are you taking Edmonton over Seattle to finish out the year? I think for firepower, you would have to, but I mean, Seattle's still a point ahead of them right now. Yeah. And I think, yeah, but I, I will Seattle... say one thing though, too. I mean, Edmonton at, until the last two losses has been lighting it up. I mean, they're back to even for goal differential when they were. I think deep, they were like negative 19. Yeah. So like just <laughs> ahead of them, 
Seattle's negative 18, and just ahead of them is Calgary with negative 16, and they're all a point apart from each other. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, Edmond can make the jump in front of those two teams. Yeah. But like you said, I mean, just trying to get to where L.A. is in a secured playoff spot, they got work. I will say, so the Rangers played L.A. recently. We beat, uh, we beat them. But L.A., they made all these roster moves to bring in a little bit more offense. You know, PL, uh, D, Fiala. Fiala's a little cunt, by the way. Um, Fiala, all this stuff. They still, I don't know how everybody thinks they're like a cup contender. Like, I'm not saying they're a bad team. Nobody on that team scares me. The goalie doesn't scare me. The defense doesn't scare me. Nobody up front scares me. And it's like, I would play you in a seven-game series every fucking round if I could. Like, nothing about you is a standout. I mean, Todd has a great system. I'll give them that. Like, they play a great system. But I'll play you for every round if I could. Oh, yeah. No, and and that's one thing, too, about... I always giggle, too, about Todd. Because it's a... Toad. Anytime with Toad, <laughs> he's always like that. But no, all of his teams are always great system too. So yeah. Um. Anyway, so we can get into some Bruins and Rangers talk now. Uh, you can go first if you want. Talk about what the Bruins have been up to since we last spoke. Um, and then we can go into. I'll go into the Rangers, and then you and I can kind of go back and forth about. Uh, I guess both games this year, and then. The, the game on Saturday itself. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, game Saturday, while, while it's fresh, we're already on it. I mean, uh, it seemed to me is just, we couldn't get over anything on you guys. Like there was time just pressure wise and execution wise. We, you guys were just locking us down. Yeah. Um, I, I know we jumped ahead, uh, lead wise, uh, at that one point there, but it was just, it, it I don't know. Against you guys, I never feel safe anyways. But it was just one of those things. I, just, I don't think they ever felt completely comfortable. They just didn't yeah. seem to find their groove at all. Um, Can I ask? I, yeah. Do you think that was goalie interference with Frederick Stick and Igor's pad? No, I, I don't think that's goalie interference. Okay. I texted you that. I was like, that's not goalie interference. And then they showed a different angle. I'm like, I mean, he did kind of push his leg into the back of the net, but it wasn't a motion where he was doing it deliberately. He was stopping and using his stick for balance. And he just happened to like run into his leg pad. Yeah. I just, uh, there's certain ones this year, but I will say in general as to how inconsistent these tender interference calls have been, that it's like, it's hard to think even from watching a replay where you're like, no, I think that's good to fucking they're calling shit back. And you're going, Maybe I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what a kicking motion is anymore. It's it's been strange. Um, I will say that pasta hit on Lindgren. I didn't Oof. like it. Um, he was targeting Lindgren all game. Oh yeah, he blew him up once earlier too. Before that, yeah. And um, no, I will say when pasta does play with an edge, he he is a lot better of a player. Uh, I I will say that there's just something with him, but that lingering one, it wasn't, it wasn't a churn thing or thought he was going to churn. He he just didn't lay up on him. Yeah. Yeah. Like he could have just churned there and let him be, but ran straight through. I remember watching, I was like, Oh, that's, that's not a good luck. Like just straight at at it. Like, even though it wasn't quote unquote through the numbers, he still got him from the back. Yeah. Like, just, Pasta's lucky that, like, Cooley wasn't out there or Truba wasn't out there because they would have fucking beat him with a leather strap, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I was happy to see uh, Truba and Freddie uh, settle that original beef that they had. I thought that was Oh, cool. yeah. Did you read the quote after the game from Truba? I didn't know. Uh, they asked him about it, and he's like, hey, if somebody whacked me to the head with a stick, I don't want to fight his fucking ass, too. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think they showed a replay where on a face-off Frederick like talked to him and you can see Truba just like not like yep yeah. and then like 
as the puck left the defensive zone, Truba turned to him and said, now? And Freddie's like, all right, yeah, let's go. And then they just boom, done, over with. Now, next time the Rangers and Bruins play, it's not going to be Frederick running him or he's running Igor. It's over with. It's done. Well, they said it was funny. So they said Freddie's first shift, uh, they had lunch pail night the other night to honor all the old <laughs> 70s players. So he said he wanted to fight him in his first shift. And I guess Truba said, not right now or something. Or he said, we'll go at some point. Yeah. And Freddie was like, I, I was so fucking focused on going then. It kind of just like, it messed me up. And I was like, that's funny. But that's why Truba probably said, no, not right now. Because he knew Frederick wanted to fight on his terms. And it's like, nah, dude, you'll fight on my terms here. Yeah, I'm the captain. Blow the, blow the roof off the place if they already had the lunch pail boys. Yeah. Can I ask, like, is Jack Edwards okay? No. Um, I forgot what made the call the other night. Uh, I forgot what it was, and he's just going, repeat. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I forget what made him do it, but, like, that's all he said for about 30 seconds. And then at one point he said, oh, my God, to end it. But I thought at one point, like, he was going down and, like, Brick was going to have to give a mouth-to-mouth. It, it was just, like, kind of like robot land. I'm like, this is an interesting one. And it's not even about, like, him being a homer because he's always been a huge homer and everybody at around a league despises him. But I watch – so basically what I do is I'll watch the first period Ranger broadcast, second period away broadcast or opponent broadcast, and third back to the Rangers. And to listen to Edwards, it sounds like he had a stroke, dude. I will say this year out of all the years, it's been significantly worse. Like, yeah. It is not good. It sounds like Dick Clark after the first one. Like he can still form words and sentences, but like the enunciation is slightly off. Um, and he's not like as forceful with his words. Like even on the game winner last night from Chochek. He's just like, Chochuk score. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, no, he has not been um, as good as he once was. That's for sure. I've, I've noticed that a lot this year. I'm like, uh, it might be. Uh, I don't know if it's a contract year, but if it is, <laughs> we, we might be getting somebody new next year. <laughs> so, all right. So, Rangers won. I mean, th- the two teams were like, it was a good Real good game. Even if the Rangers had lost that, obviously I wanted the point because we had lost three of four coming into it. Um, but to get the win there, we beat you. I mean, you guys were tired when we beat you at MSG. Like, it just wasn't a, a normal Bruins game. Um, yes, it seems like every time we play you guys now, it's always on the other end of a back-to-back. We, we played the night before <laughs> on Long Island. I mean, hey, so did we. The, we played at home. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. I, I won't make an excuse for a Long Island away game. I'm like, it's an hour flight. You're in your bed by <laughs> one in the morning. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, game's over at 930, out of there by 10, 1030. You're on the tarmac at 11, one hour flight. Like, you're back home and in your bed by one. Like, yeah, that, that's a normal night. I, I don't make excuses for a quick road trip that quick. I mean three-hour flight the night before. Maybe things are a little bit different, but that, no, I don't give an excuse to that. Before I let you t- t- uh, give your kind of week in review for the Bruins here, I got to say something that was bugging me. I almost wanted to send you a voice note during a game on Saturday because it was driving me fucking nuts. I think Lindholm is the worst purveyor of the 1995 style defensive interference or pick that I've seen in years, dude. Every fucking time the puck gets dumped in or he's skating through the neutral zone, he's just gliding into one of the Rangers, holding him, putting his arm out, and it's not getting called. And it got to the point where even Panarin, basically like Tomahawk chopped him in the back of his knee in the second period because of how frustrating it was. And it's like, Dude, what is this a system thing? Like, do all your defensemen do this this year, or is it kind of just Lindholm because he's slow as fuck? No, to be honest, it is just Lindholm, and okay. he's always had the the one arm out. Um, yep, 
pick since since we've got him last year. He's been that way consistently. Drives me um, nuts, dude. <laughs> it, it's it's funny because I wonder if I'm the only person who sees certain things sometimes. So now they say it, I, I kind of giggle. Um, <laughs> like all night last night, I was just yelling at the TV, like that's a fucking pick. <laughs> it, it, no, it, it is funny. Um, anyway, uh, go ahead. No, I'm trying to think who else here. Uh, we have Lindholm. Uh, we can review uh, injuries. Uh, I mean, McAvoy on IR, Zaka too. Yeah. Surprisingly, one guy who has caught my eye a lot lately and finally just he, he's getting more involved. I mean, he's even been out there on the power play. Morgan Geeky uh, has been playing he looked good on Saturday. Very well for us. So just, just someone to look at and to, you know, keep an eye on. Uh, I will say defensively, um, Mason Lorai, woof, um, mm. to be expected. I mean, first-year kid in the AHL, well, he had the end of the year last year in the AHL and then that, but it's like offensively the kid has it. Defensively, there's a lot that needs to improve. So, so the, just watching The other that, kid, Patra, dude, is like 110 pounds. So very light anyways. <laughs> I will say um, this was interesting to me. So I think we played the Wilds. It was before you guys, so earlier in the week. Maybe okay. even that weekend before. And um, we played them, and Monty cut the bench down extreme. Like only certain guys were going – I don't even think Potra played a shift in that period, or if he did, it was one at the beginning, and that was it. And they asked him about it after, and he goes, uh, you know, you shorten your bench a lot. You know, Potra didn't really get a lot of ice time. Like, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, hey, I mean, at the end of the day, they pay me to win hockey games. Yeah. He's like, and when there's two points on the line, I think, you know, we come home with two points, everybody's a lot happier. So I think when it comes to a uh, learning curve type thing, we're not going to have that. Like, you know, certain points of the game, we're not dealing with a learning curve. Hey, first period, get back out there, figure it out. But no, I I just think that when it comes to games, because like we've said too, all these other coaches that have been fired, good coaches, when they're not getting two points, they're not staying. So I think it's even going through other coaches' minds that, hey, you know what? I don't care if I need to short my bench here. I need to make sure that uh, my job's also I, can, I got the W. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so just a random thing that I uh, kind of been catching How up on. How long is uh, McAvoy going to be out for? So they only put him on normal IR. I don't know, but I feel like the one thing with the NHL that always drives me crazy is they will Upper activate body. IR and then – they will activate LTIR retro to the date that they put them on IR. So yeah, I never know <laughs> if it's like a sales pitch or what exactly they're trying to do, but it's a cap issue. Uh, yeah. Even if, even though you put them on long-term IR and then you get that cap space, um, if you put them on long-term IR earlier in a season, I forget how the calculation works, but you don't get as much accrual as you do if, as if you just put them on, if you put them on later after. in the season. Yep. Yeah. Um, and Swayman looks good, dude. So, Sway looks very good. No question about that. He's reading pucks well. Uh, very comfortable in the net. I think as of right now, I think he has a couple more starts than Olmark this year. I think he's just ahead, so I think – Maybe they're trying to start passing the baton, possibly. But yeah. Sway has a couple more than he does. Anything trend-wise that you have your eye on as a team in terms of performance or or a unit that you're either slightly concerned about or you're like, yeah, we're going to have to make some changes here at the deadline? See, I, I still think that we're still too far away. I think this team's hard to read. I mean, let's okay. see what uh, McAvoy looks like when he comes back. Let's see what Zaka looks like. I will say Charlie Coyle is playing a lot better this year, man. Like it jumps from where he has been. Jake DeBrus, though, I mean, Jakey's not looking too good this year. I'm a little surprised. I thought uh, contract year he would be a new man, but no, very hard to see. 
I really like though John Beecher. I, I like for a kid who's playing on that bottom line center role, consistent, big body, um, bigger body, penalty kill, just kind of doing all the little things right. And then, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see where everybody else goes. I think it, it's difficult too that our bottom. I guess bottom three, not really bottom six. It, it, it seems to be switching a lot constantly. It seems that Beecher's kind of the only consistent guy. Then it's a mixture of Steen, Brown, Lauko, Heinen, uh, Geeky for a guy that kind of goes up and down our line. Well, he's playing power play, but he's definitely been a fourth line guy this year too. So yeah. just kind of a, our, our bottom is definitely switching around a lot. And then we'll see exactly where we end up between – uh, like I said, McAvoy coming back and going from there. Hopefully the goaltending continues and we'll just have to ride the wave. I will say from an outsider's point of view, the one thing that stands out to me uh, for the Bruins, it's kind of easy to play against your bottom six now. Yes, it's not what we used to have. That That's definitely transition from years prior. Yeah, I'm not I mean, even talking about like, a goon or like a guy like Thorne. I'm even just like, and I know this was years ago, but we're old. So I'm going to talk about the glory days, but like Gregory Campbell on your third line, even a guy like Paye, even he, I know he was ran hot and cold with the fan base in Boston, but like last night, Patrick Brown, eh, who gives a fuck? (laughs) No, I mean, we definitely needed some transition. So I think we're finally getting there in that sense. Cause even those other guys, I mean, even towards their end, they were still making for bottom line guys. They were getting paid decently well. I mean, yeah. we have guys all on entry levels now, which is definitely a different look. Um, I did hear that uh, Zaboral has officially requested to be traded because oh, we wow. brought, him, brought him back down to Providence. He cleared waivers. No one bit at him. So I guess he doesn't think he can cut the roster. He's pissed that, you know, Parker Witherspoon and Lowry are getting the call ahead of him, but I mean, hey, if nobody claim if nobody claims you, man, then I don't think requesting a trade is going to do any different. I mean, you know what could have changed that? Drafting Thomas Shabbat instead of fucking Zaboral. So, whatever. <laughs> That's gonna on your deathbed. You're gonna look at me. You go Shabbat. <laughs> Just gonna 2015 draft. Just Shabbat and Barzell. Barzell, Kyle Carter, and Shabbat. Holy shit, dude. My God, what a trifecta that would have been. Not to rub it in. I'm just thinking about, like, you would have had Connor left side first line, Martian left side second line. <laughs> I, I'm going to find it while I'm just going to start scrolling backwards on my phone. And um, yeah. I, I have it. Oh, no. Did I delete? Oh, fuck. All right. I don't. I must have deleted the actual uh, message from like the cloud, but if like I didn't delete the text message, um, I could have went back to when I had that like that text that night with fucking Mainzy, and I'm like, "Yep, no, uh, they they're gonna draft Connor here," and then I'm like, "All oh, right, yeah," I'm like, "No, they're probably gonna draft." Um, I'm like, "Barzell's the best skater in this draft." Nope, that didn't happen, and then I'm like, "D man, I think we're going Shabbat." Not like over. I went over. <laughs> See, that's why you should be GM. Oh God, the Donnie won't hire me. <laughs> uh, talk about the Rangers really quick. Uh, so we ran into our first rough patch of the season, if you want to call it that. I mean, uh, we lost uh, three of four, and then. We got basically run out of the barn at home against Toronto, lost 7-3 there. But then we come back and we went back-to-back over Anaheim at home, and then we beat you guys. And I think that was a big moral win for our crew in a sense of like, you know, we were struggling there a little bit. Yeah, we beat Anaheim, but it's Anaheim. But for us to come in and play as disciplined of a game as we did um, and pull out that win in overtime after being down late, um, I think that's a big, like, all right, we're for real here. And I'm not saying that the guys in the room needed that validation, but I think Drury as a GM, that'll make him be like, all right, I'm going to need to kind of buy in all in here on this team and shore up some any of the holes. 
But right now, I mean, first place, we're tied with you in points uh, for number one seed in the East. Uh, we do have two more overall wins, but 21-7-1, exactly like I predicted in our season preview. A very, very slow start for the Rangers. <laughs> um, but we have two days off, so the Rangers actually spent Saturday night, Sunday, and today in Boston. Uh, they didn't leave town. We've played a lot of games recently. We've had a lot of back-to-backs. I think every weekend since Thanksgiving, we've had a back-to-back Saturday to Sunday or Friday to Saturday. So a lot of hockey. So Laviolette, I thought he might do this, but you know, you get to sleep in the same hotel for three nights. Um, just some team bonding on off days. They had the full day off on Sunday. They had a light practice today. Actually, at Bentley is where they practiced today. Um, and then they go up to Toronto tomorrow, and I think that's another statement game for us after losing 7-3 um, just to go on the road and beat the team that we just got blown out last week. I think that'll go a long way here. But other than that, I mean, couldn't have asked for a better start. Um, this team has really taken to Laviolette's system. Uh, eat. So we're 20 – what are we? 21-7-1. We had – no Adam Fox for 10 games. Igor hasn't been that good at all this year. I think his save percentage is like 905. Um, Quick has been incredible. Like, he saved our ass this year. If, we, if Quick played like he did in the preseason, we would probably have half the points we have. Um, but we're not even at full bore yet. We have Heedle still out with the concussion. Kako is going to be out to the all-star break. Blake Wheeler still our first line right wing and we're 27, 21, seven and one. So I know we don't have a lot of draft pick capital uh, to give up to acquire guys, but I don't know, man, like as, if Igor gets it turned around, which I expect him to do, the only team in the East that scares me in a seven game series right now is you guys. And I know Toronto has the firepower, but I think over a seven game series, we can grind them down. I know Florida is good. Tampa Bay still not finding their footing. I don't know. I think it's you and us in the East, and everybody else is in the tier below us. We, we in it, baby. I was going to ask, actually, from your point of view, you've seen us twice in like three weeks now. Mm-hmm. From the, an outsider's point of view, what's your impression of the team or any takeaways you have of individual guys or something like that so far? I said it in the preseason. I always liked the way that your team was built. I like that they're bigger bodies. They've done okay. I will say, and it's interesting because I see him play other teams and he looks very well, but always against us. K. Andre Miller's awful against us. Like, <laughs> can't, like, can't control pucks against us. Guys are getting in front of him, beating him to the post. Like, yeah. it's just funny because I see him play other teams and, and he doesn't have that issue on. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this guy's a little bit smaller, quicker to you know jump ahead of him. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I mean, um, he, yeah. Like you said, he's pretty dynamite. I would say like 90 percent of the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, just trying to think on the other end. I mean, Truba Fox. I mean that that's always there. Kreider, even the other night, just putting that fucking nose and that jaw where it doesn't belong. Oh, him and um, Swayman with the. Going back, back and, and forth. forth. I, was, <laughs> I was laughing about that because they went at it at one point, and then Swayman made a great, I think it was a glove save with Kreider yep. right in front of him. And uh, he ends up giving Kreider a pat on the ass after he saved it. <laughs> that love. So I, was, I was sitting there giggling about that. Um, <coughs> no, um, like I said, I mean, Panarin, when he has the puck, he, he's very noticeable. One yeah. thing I will say about him that I've noticed this year from watching him is in previous years, getting to a scrum, probably the last guy getting there. And this year, I mean, it seems anytime there's something going on, he's in there. So I don't know if it's now that the head is shaved and a more <laughs> aerodynamic to, to get to the spot. But um, no, I, I think for chemistry in team compatibility that that's what you need i mean even if you're a superstar like and, and you're with the grind like you have to defend your teammates you have yeah to. and i think that's where it, things change but no i agree i think you guys have been difficult for us this year and it's always like watching the same team play each other it's almost yeah, yeah. 
painful. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we played Toronto. <coughs> that was the whole Ryan Reeves game back, and I mean, uh, nothing happened there. I'm not scared of Toronto. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how Florida kind of develops. Like you said, I mean, they're they're a tough team to play against, but I, how will they be? I, I don't know. So I'm curious to see how things kind of shake up a little bit more in the East. The one thing I will add before getting to the last couple of topics here. So I've, been, I've had this circled. Literally, it's not just a cliche saying. I've had this matchup circled on my schedule since the night that Adam Fox got hurt with a knee-on-knee hit by Sebastian Ajo at center ice. We're not. We're probably not going to record before this game because of the holidays and everything. But Tuesday, January 2nd, if you want to start off the new year with a nice little old-school type of hockey, Carolina <coughs> at MSG against the Rangers, 7 p.m. on that Tuesday. No other games uh, compare for that night. Even if the Bruins are playing, don't watch because the way that game ended, especially with uh, God, I'm blanking on his name, but Truba basically warned Aho. He's like, "I'll see you in January," and like they caught it on a mic. So Aho is going to be a man targeted, and I wouldn't be surprised if one of the last games before that game he gets a minor injury and is out for a week. Now. Do you think him and Foxy will do it? or? Oh, no. I think no. Truba, Truba is going to – I think Truba is going to challenge him like he did at the last time. Ajo is going to obviously turn him down. But I think someone like Cooley is going to take charge here on that just because Goodrow – and I mean, like, Goodrow is not a heavyweight, but Goodrow has the full face shield for the next, yeah. like, two months. So he's not going to be doing any fighting. Um I really just think it's going to be cool. He's going to, he's probably going to jump Ajo and it's going to be a whole fucking melee. So, <laughs> cause Ajo's like their franchise guy. So you're going to expect Carolina to jump in there too. So as long as I would send Cooley out there on a the line with like Trub on the right side, Schneider on the left side, Cooley on the wing with uh, like Bonino and, oh, you know what? I'll send Blake out there too. Use his big body. <laughs> interesting. I want to see if, uh, <coughs> Yet again, I mean, I know he's a bigger kid, but he's French. I wonder if they'll send uh, Lexi after him. Lexi challenged him too, and Aho didn't even want to fight Lafreniere. So, I mean, if you're not going to fight Lafreniere, not saying he, that he's like a bitch or anything, but like you're not going to fight Truba. <laughs> so, I don't think I'd fight Truba to be honest. That's I yeah, I wouldn't bark up that tree. Yeah, not, not on my list of things to do. Yeah, that happened. I texted it out last week. Uh, I think the Toronto game. Let me pull it up. Um, oh, yeah. So, Lindgren, he hit Matthews. And then Matthews, when the whistle came, he went after Lindgren, like, basically trying to put him in a headlock. And then it wasn't Truba, but Kreider stepped in between them and basically challenged Matthews. And Matthews, like, calmed down pretty quickly. And it's not like Kreider's a, an enforcer. But when... Kreider gets mad. He has fucking like retard dad strength. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, anyway, so I just wanted to mention January 2nd, if you want to watch some retribution game, might be an old school type of an affair here. I like that. Um, the last two things I got for you here, I've been meaning to bring this up, but just combination of not having time and also forgetting about it. But there's a list of, they interviewed, like a hundred players from around the league and ask them what type of rule changes would you want to make? And the ones that I wanted to run by you just for your, like your quick hit response to it. One is continuous three on three overtime until somebody scores. No, I, I think that burn guys out. Yeah. And also they said, if it's not continuous, at least extend it to 10 minute overtime before the shootout. I'd be okay with that, but I just yeah. If we're going unlimited overtime until it goes in, like, because I'm I'm sure you guys are the same as us. Once as we get to that three on three, there's only select guys that go yeah. out there. Yep, I think if you go continuous, it has to be four on four, <laughs> just to like put more guys out there. 
Yeah. Uh, so that's one. The second one is the referee or both referees need to be made available to the media after every game. Uh, I'm sorry. Repeat that. Both referees have to be made available to the media after every game. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Next one is if you score a shorthanded goal, the other team's power play expires. I'd be okay with that. I think that's pretty fucking fun. <laughs> um, I think that also makes you take more chances and put like more offensive guys out there. But uh, the other one, it's a full power play, like the old days. I know they changed the rule because of the Canadians running up the score back in the in like the fifties and sixties. But full power play, you can score as many times as you want, like you do now in a major penalty. So the full two minutes. Yep. No matter what. Unless you get a shorthanded goal. Yes. I, I, I wouldn't mind that. And then if there's a delayed penalty call and you score, you still get the power play. So which is what it. they do in college. Okay. Yeah, and, I, I'm okay with that. And then the uh, last two for you, there's still icing if you're shorthanded. I hate that. Like, I think uh, Brodeen brought that one up, and he's like, it would make you have to just, if you want more offense, I'll give you offense because you'll have to try and carry the puck out of the zone to center ice instead of just shooting it down. And don't get me wrong, I, I understand that part of it. It's kind of like you want offense, so, you know, this is something that would give it to you. But, I mean, dude, you've been a penalty killer out there for that long. It's yeah. like you finally get <laughs> Like, I'm trying to get off the fucking ice. It's like, like jumping on a grenade. <laughs> yeah, legit. Like, that's great. That That's tough. The last one here is a player. the players on the ice do not get a minus for an empty net goal or a shorthanded goal against. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, I also don't think an empty net goal should count against a goalie save percentage. Wait, it counts against it? Yeah. I had no idea about that. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll double check, but I remember uh, Hank back in the day, he used to uh, yell at Torts that I'm not getting pulled before two minutes because they're not scoring on my fucking net and jacking up my numbers. <laughs> oh, no shit. Um, so that's that. And then the last one I have for you here is, this is from the summer, but... Not that the NHL is talking about it, but just for, you know, shits and giggles. How to change up the NHL draft so to make it more exciting for instead of having a lottery. The idea was each team that misses the playoffs gets paired with a team that does make the playoffs. So the worst team in the league gets paired with the President's Trophy winner. And if the President's Trophy winner wins the Stanley Cup, you get the first overall pick. Interesting. Okay. And it's like, so the Blackhawks last year, right? This was their example. So this is before the Bedard lottery and everything. Uh, the Blackhawks finished their last in this hypothetical. They would have gotten paired with the Bruins. But since the Bruins didn't win, the Blackhawks don't end up with Bedard. But I mean, like, my only thing is how far down the line does it go? So then would the... All of it. Just, that's fucking crazy. So but the I mean, team that just missed the playoffs would get paired with the team that just made it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm saying on the other end, so what, the president's trophy team would have to play over and over and over again against all these other teams? Like, Oh, no, no, no. I mean, like, so it would be normal playoffs, but if the Bruins happened to just win a cup next year, uh, last year, the Hawks would have been just awarded the number one pick. But okay. since the Bruins lost in the first round, now the Blackhawks would have gotten the 16th pick. Okay. Instead of number I one overall. Cool. All right. So that was just a fun idea that I want to run by it since I think Boston I would was go, first. I would go more crazy in that, trying to figure out standing than everything else than anything. Then nah, I'm out on that one. The other one was uh, so the teams get to pick instead of getting a based on finish in the standings. The teams get to pick who they want to be attached to. That's in the postseason for their – if they win the cup, I get the first overall. So the worst team picks first, the second team picks – like that type of thing. Mm. 
Nah, I'm out on that. Yeah. And then, yeah, that, there was it too. So it's from The Athletic, and it was just a fun thing that I was reading where I'm like, okay, let's say you're picking like fifth, and you have to choose a team that you want to hit your wagon to. Now you're, I'm assuming the top four teams are picked. Now you start getting into what the path is. It's like, okay, well, this is an easier first round matchup, but then they might get Tampa Bay in a second round. And then you start figuring out who to pick there, which it's kind of like a fantasy draft or the draft lottery. I but. wonder, I mean, just, you know, one thing to show out and, and it would never happen just because of TV deals and things like that. Yeah. Straight one through 16, just wherever you fall is oh, where and you travel fall. too. And that's, and that's how it adds up. Yeah, travel would be pretty hard, too. I think they should go back to at least a one through eight like it used to be before they went into this divisional bracket shit. Mm-hmm. And plus, they'll get probably different matchups each year versus every year it's Rangers-Capitals, Rangers-Penguins. That was to build rivalry, remember? Yeah, because we don't hate the Penguins anyway. <laughs> um, all right. So before we go head into shout-outs, Game of the Week, Lock of the Week, sir. So I'm going to go game of the week is this coming Saturday, December 30th. I got Carolina versus uh, Toronto in Toronto. And my lock of the week, I'm going to go out on a limb here, my friend. Oh, boy. Same night on the road, Rangers over the Lightning. Rangers over the Lightning. Okay. Um, I have game of the week. It is actually tomorrow night, the 19th two teams that have actually been playing very well as of late uh, Vancouver at Nashville. I okay. think uh, two teams that have been playing really well, good hockey lately. Nashville finally uh, woke up, spun it around. So I think on that end, um, uh, I'm hoping for good hockey. That That's my hope. That's my <laughs> ideal. Uh, I'm going to go for lock of the week and might sound a little crazy, but I think I'm going to go with Vegas over Tampa Bay on Thursday in Tampa. Uh, man, we're beating up on Tampa this episode, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I just figure uh, Vegas is good. Or, you know what? I, I'm going with a new team going same night, Ottawa over Colorado in Colorado. Ooh, okay. I like it. New coach, the boys will be ready to play. They'll look like a new team out there. We're rolling. Yeah. All right. Any shout-outs? Uh, I have a shout-out to uh, the Stratford family. I had a loss this week. Oh, and, yeah. uh, so uh, a b- big shout-out to uh, Baby Boy down there. Um, uh, shout-out. Oh, know who I got a shout-out? And you, you sent it to me? Tate McCray. i had i had and again listen i'm not a country guy it's not that i hate country it's just i have only so many like compartments in my brain and they're already full so i can't take on learning new country music at the same time but i was on i think it was saturday after the bruins rangers game but i went on instagram and i went on sportsnet just to see if they had like highlights from around the league and it just showed Tate McRae in Calgary at a game. And he, I didn't read the caption yet. I just saw her sitting there. I was like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, he <laughs> said that. I was like, wow. <laughs> and then they were like, I read the caption, like, Tate McRae. And I was like, who the fuck is Tate McRae? And then I had to click on her profile. And then I had to, like, Google search her and everything else. And that's when I sent you that. I was like, holy jumping. <laughs> yeah. I was like, crush that bear, too. <laughs> um. Shout out for me is, well, not really a shout out, I guess a call out. You know, when Emma wants a response over text message, Auntie Laura better give it. She better give it. Uh, giddy so, up. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, it's not fucking around, that's for sure. <laughs> um, all right, sir. So we probably won't record before the Christmas and New Year, but obviously we'll be talking every day because my day doesn't start until I hear from you. Well, I, I'm flattered to hear that. And I'm, I'm also <laughs> apologetic because I know I'm not the, um, I, I, I'm not the, uh, 
eye, the apple of everybody's eye, I guess that's what you could call it, you know? No, no, no. So. Uh, oh, shout out for me is the first lady came and visited Tulsa. So came for a week. So just shout out for, you know, spending money to fly to uh, my little, my little city here in the Midwest. My, my home away from home. Yeah. Oh, also, um, uh, last, last weekend was the army Navy game. So Mr. Mm-hmm. Murphy was in town. So we saw him and he's like, Hey, we're, we're, we should definitely go to, um, Bruins Islanders at the new building. Like, he's like, you know, it's nice. We should definitely go see it. Well, he's like, I'll get tickets. He's like, Hey, is your buddy still in New York? And I was like, <laughs> uh, he's in Tulsa. He goes, how the fuck did he end up there? <laughs> I just started laughing. I was like, yeah, you know, I think we all wonder that sometimes. <laughs> hey, I mean, I'll move anywhere if you're going to pay me to live there for a year. So I'll move to fucking Kazakhstan. <laughs> oh, so that would made me giggle. I had a good laugh over that. <laughs> hey, you know what? Tulsa's growing on me. Obviously, it's not a major city or anything else like that. I was like, but to be honest, I think uh, like if they had a like an NHL team nearby that you could work for and convince Redder to come out here. Like, I think you, you guys would enjoy it. I mean, I know, uh, I don't know if they still have, them. I thought Oklahoma city used to have the Barons. I don't know if they're still there or not. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I know Tulsa has the drillers, which is with, uh, the Anaheim ducks organization. Oh, ECHL. Yeah. Yeah. So I've gone to a couple of those games, uh, too. So, Yeah. Hey, if you ever want to visit or you and Redder want to break from the kids and you want like a long weekend away or something, come on by, show you around. I'll even bring you out to a farm so you can go horseback riding. <laughs> I, mean, I will say uh, one thing I think that came up was possibility of uh, Bruins Preds in Nashville in April. So we'll see. I mean, is that is that close enough to you? Um. Not super close because that's on the east side of Tennessee. Hold on. I'll look it up now for you. Uh, I mean, I would I would have to fly probably, but driving-wise, it is nine hours. <laughs> that's doable. You'd be all right. I mean, if, are you guys playing the Blues at all this year in St. Louis? Yeah, we, we should be. Or in Dallas, I'll go back to Dallas again. That's a quick four-hour drive. Oh, that ain't bad. Okay. So St. Louis or Dallas, both ways are four hours. So. All right. So smack dab in the middle. Okay. Yeah. All right, sir. Well, hey, if I was picking one, I'd pick Dallas. But all right. Hey, you be good boy. No bad reports. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, sir. Feliz Navidad. And we'll just uh, carry on till next year. Happy Kwanzaa. Can't wait to see the ball drop with you. Bye-bye. Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe